Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is a sunrise edition of Stands and Fits. The sun hasn't come out yet, though. I was going to say, the sun actually <laughs> is not up yet. It's 7.25 a.m. on Wednesday, October 16th. Iowa State Media Day for you today. Iowa State Basketball. Yeah. As always, podcast presented by the professional NBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. Recording in the Carl Chevrolet Studios. It is Men's Basketball Media Day in Ames, Iowa. Uh, we wanted to get the podcast done before then so that I can focus on getting all of my basketball responsibilities done mm-hmm. this evening after the event. Uh, so, yeah, we're recording at 7 in the morning. Yes. And, uh, you know, sometimes we record on Tuesday evenings. Again, flag football came up for me. And it was unfortunate, too, because um, – we were winning our flag football game uh, by two touchdowns with four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Oh, no. And then <laughs> oh no, our uh, quarterback got tackled a little bit rough going out of bounds. And this had been like a recurring thing for the last couple drives. So he came up swinging. He, well, he did? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. And it was a, yeah, it was a full-on swing. Uh, cut, he had a couple swings in. No connection. But then, so obviously the refs stopped play and they kind of just told him to get out, uh, like get, get off the premises. And that was, and unfortunately his reaction to that was to jaw back at the refs and that got us officially For, to forfeit the to game, forfeit. even though we were up two touchdowns with like a couple minutes left in the game. Man, I thought you were going to tell me that you guys pulled a Paul Rhodes against uh, Kansas State. Uh that actually probably would have been better than I would have, what, in, I would what have preferred that because at least the result then would have felt like we earned it or, yeah. d- you know, deserved it. Well, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I guess it says he didn't connect on any of the punches and he probably didn't earn it. No. Um, and unfortunately I think the rest of us on the team don't like, we all, we're all on the same page that he shouldn't have done that. Yeah. It's that kind of situation. <laughs> you guys were all like, yeah, he was really stupid for doing that. Like, I mean, I, after he did it, we you know we did the courtesy handshake with the people who weren't in the fight. And I was just like apologizing to them as I was walking past. So, and I, I should say that definitely the way he reacted, you, yeah. you never react that, especially in like rec league ball. It's just not worth it. I've had people come at me before playing rec, <laughs> rec league basketball. I could see you being the kind of person that would get a little chest puffy. In what? My no, I, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> I probably didn't do anything to help the situation. Yeah. Uh, no, it was this guy that I went for a, a layup on a fast break, and uh, and he came up and he... Undercut, yeah. I would say he wrapped me up, uh, but I don't think that... Well, he probably wasn't really, like, actually, like, strong enough to wrap me up. It was really like he... I was going up to the rim, and this was in a league where you couldn't dunk, so basically I was just going to go up and lay it over the top of the rim. And he came in and just, like, he hit me really hard where he he just was a guy I could tell he didn't have that much control of his body that's my biggest concern when I play in these things mm. is the people that you really can tell are not that good athletes but they think that they're really good and yeah. they try really hard yeah but they try to the point that they don't know what they're they can't control all of their extremities yeah. so he came flying in and tr- tried to wrap me up and it was like he was going to try and catch me but instead he sh- basically shoved me into the wall and I, you know, I had some words for him. Yeah. I wasn't going to like fight him. I don't, I'm that, that's not c- yeah. completely unnecessary, but I'll say to him like, yo, be smarter. Why, why are you doing that? What's yeah. the point of that? We were up by like 30 points. Mm. It's like, there's no reason to do that. And he starts telling me like, he's he starts saying, man, you're weak. You're weak. <laughs> if I, if I was as big as you, like I'd be out here killing everybody. I was like, 
Oh, bro. Bro, we're up by 30 points. I have been killing you. <laughs> what, what do you want me to do? Yeah. And, uh, and, and then he was standing there. I was shooting free throws, and he just kept talking to me. And I made the free throw, and I turned around, and I told him to, uh, I told him to politely close his mouth. Yes. Uh, yeah, with some four-letter words involved. <laughs> and he immediately started yelling at the ref, and then he said, uh, he said, man, we can settle this outside after the game. And I was like, okay, <laughs> sure, yeah, we'll settle it outside. And I was just laughing at him. And then on the next possession, he came down and shoved one of our te- my teammates like clear from one free throw line like, and pushed him clear out of bounds. Uh, and then he got ejected and the game ended. And it was like, but it was just then the entire time after the game, before we all left, he's on the other side like yelling at us. Saying like you better hope I don't see you out, uh, see you outside, or like see you out in public. And I was like, <laughs> man, so he got ejected, but he could still be in the gym at least. Well, I was like, man, I hope you do. Like, like come and try and punch me, dude. I don't know. Like then, yeah. then you can tell your story to the to law enforcement. Like I don't know. On the basketball court, I'm not going to press charges on you. But if you try and come and punch me out in public, then yeah, at that point we're going to have a serious problem. Yeah. And yeah, he was. Just, it was just like. It was ridiculous. And it makes, I don't get those people. It makes you wonder, like, what those kind of people who stir crap up in rec league ball, like, what they were like when things were actually on the line, like, in high school even. Because I'm sure, that, like, a lot of people played high school ball. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, you from a, a certain perspective, high school ball doesn't mean that much in the grand scheme of things either. But I would say that it means more than rec league ball for sure. Man, I'd say the people that do that stuff in, in rec – I don't know about your friend like that. That sounds like a little bit of a different situation where maybe there he probably shouldn't have reacted in the way that he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not, you know, if they were tackling him in flag football, like there's at that point, if you they do it multiple times, that's when you really do have to start to like say like, hey, yeah, well, and something's going to happen here if you do that again. And I do think he he and the other guy who tackled consistently um, had been kind of jawing. So I think it'd been the kind of thing that just been escalating and then it was kind of blew the top off eventually. Nothing like some good old flag football shit talking. Yeah, exactly. And Nothing again, like the it. unfortunate part is like, it's, it's one thing if we were already losing by two touchdowns, but we were winning by two touchdowns yeah. and we were going to win that game because we had the ball. So it's like, really dude, you couldn't just hold off for another right. four minutes. That's why I was just laughing at that guy when that happened to me. I yeah. was, I was like, man, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. This same guy, there was a point where, uh, <laughs> I don't want to give too much away because obviously this is listened to by a lot of people in Ames, but <laughs> I know shout out to my guy, Ryan Grove up there. He, uh, you know, up there in Ames, he, he obviously will know who I'm talking about. He'll remember this story, but, uh, there was, uh, someone on the sidelines literally videotaping the game, like making game film, <laughs> like courtside films. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 not, not like a highlight tape. No, like, like they wanted to sit down and watch the film. Oh, like an- film analyzation. Yeah, yeah. And like really, you know, get to the bottom of their mistakes. Wow. And this team had no chance of ever winning the yeah. league. It was nothing like that. I mean, you know, it, we've it, won the league two years in a row. And we, I, if anyone ever showed up and was like, yeah, we're going to do game film tonight. <laughs> I would look at them and be like, no, yeah, we're not. It's we're not. It's probably the kind of thing where they all, they're all like engineers or, you know, something like that. If those guys are engineers, then... I would be incredibly shocked. I'll just put it that way. I'll just put it that way. Because they, uh, so you're, so you're referencing the, um, smartness. No, it's not. Uh, but yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, more or less. Uh, but I, I wouldn't, I would 
Uh, Ryan would know if if we wanted to ask Ryan, he would definitely be able to tell us what those guy like what that guy does. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty confident that he is not an engineer. Pretty confident. All right. Uh, now that we've gone for almost ten minutes on that, on another note, Iowa State with a 38-14 win over West Virginia on Saturday. I want to remind everybody that, <clears throat> excuse me, on Saturday, uh, this coming Saturday, when Iowa State takes on Texas Tech in Lubbock, we'll be having a game watch at Fire Trucker in Ankeny. We will have uh, some different raffles at the beginning of each quarter. Uh, the whole list of beers. I know that, that we have, there's an event out there on Facebook right now. We'll tweet out that list of beers at some point today as well. So I don't have that in front of me. I should have pulled that up before, but it's 7 o'clock in the morning and <laughs> I didn't think about it. Uh, then one other note too. Uh, tomorrow night, Thursday, October 17th, we will be having our annual tip-off party at the district venue at Whiskey River in Ankeny. Hope that everybody will come out and hang out with us. Obviously, it's a family-friendly event. We'll have our special guests in attendance. Uh, and uh, those same special guests, you know, will have some things to say this afternoon when I'm at uh, Men's Basketball Media Day. That's all I have, I'll say about that. Good food, good people. And I'm sure that, um, you know, sometimes I've even seen uh, Prome give away a little bit more than he Who? does. Who? Who? Sorry, special guests. I've yeah. seen special guests. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Give away a little bit more than they do even at Media Day uh, at these kind of events. So, yeah. So hope you guys hope to see you guys tomorrow night at uh, the district venue in Ankeny. 7 p.m. is the start time. I think that's about when the special guests will be arriving. So we hope to see you guys out there and uh, it should be a fun time. All right. Let's shift gears again. Uh, back to this this 38-14 win over West Virginia. Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, on the game? Um, good to see Brees Hall kind of come into his own a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, the main takeaway from that game. I was never really sold on Johnny Lang becoming the the workhorse um, role that we kind of thought he was at the TCU game. Yeah. Like, yeah, he scored a few touchdowns and he got the bulk of the carries. But again, it's always just kind of been a hot hand approach this year so far. Right. Um, but what I think we saw from Brees against West Virginia was kind of what we expected to see from him out of the gate against UNI. So the fact that he kind of looks and um, acts a lot more like David Montgomery in that traditional three down role, um, it wouldn't be surprising for me to see him kind of take on like 50% of the carries from here on out. Man, I would say that even, and I'm not, don't get, don't get what I'm about to say wrong. Cause like, I'm not saying Brees Hall is better than David Montgomery, but the way that he was able to attack the holes and go in there, you know, with full force, mm-hmm. that was probably the best that we've seen Iowa State's run game schematically look and just in it look exactly the way that it's supposed to yeah. really in the entire time that coach Campbell's been here. The important part about the scheme he wants to run is the running backs have to hit the hole really fast. Yeah. And I feel like even sometimes David would get caught. Well, he didn't even have an opportunity. To hit yeah. The hole a lot fast. of times he didn't have an opportunity because the hole wasn't, was yeah. non-existent. Right. Or sometimes, you know, he was used to having to, you know, make a cut on his own before he even got to the line of scrimmage. So he kind of over, overcorrected a few times. Yeah. But obviously he's still a great running back. Anyways. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Don't yeah. get me wrong. <laughs> I'm not saying that Breach Hall is better than David Montgomery. Like, yeah. That's in no way what I'm saying, but I think that that was really the best just as in terms of what it's supposed to look like. That was as close as it has looked in the, in the time that coach Campbell has been here really where the line is blocking the way that it needs to the running backs hitting the holes and you start to see what it, what it, uh, what it breeds, you know, eight yards a pop, yep. nine yards a pop, especially once West Virginia started to get tired where, mm-hmm. uh, where Breach was really able to break off some of those big runs. And the thing that I like about him is that when he hits that hole, 
he has some he's got a little bit of a burst where all of a sudden he he it's like he hits r2 and hits a sprint button yeah and uh that's how he busts for 18 and it's know? interesting too because and he's, he's always falling forward he's the kind of runner too that it doesn't look like he's exuding that much effort when he yeah. runs but yeah. he covers a ton of ground in every stride well that's what jeff and i were talking about on monday is just the smoothness that he runs with mm-hmm. it's it it looks uh it looks easy, yeah. you know, and, and I think that, you know, the thing I could, you can best compare it to, uh, is when you watch a guy like, like Usain Bolt or someone like, uh, you know, Justin Gatlin or like some of those other like great, uh, sprinters, there's no extra movement. There's no wasted mm. energy in any way. It's all so tight. It's all like, it, it's all so, uh, smooth. I mean, that's the best way really to put it. And, and he runs like, runs like that not as fast as those guys obviously but like there's no added movement in anything that he does it's all so clean and so tight and I think that that's one of those things that really you either got it or you don't you know yeah you you can't really I mean you can drill it to an extent but to have it at the level that that it looks like Brees does you know it looks like that's one of those things that you're kind of just born with that you know the Mm. kid was meant to be a running back yeah you know, growing up running cross country, the the thing our coach always told us was the the, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Right. And I feel like there's a lot of that that goes into his running style. Like he just goes, he knows where he wants to go, and he just goes there as fast as he can with as minimal effort as possible. Well, Jeff, I think made a good comparison. It's it's almost like Davin Cook. You yeah. Know, where Davin yeah. would put his foot, he puts his foot in the ground and he goes. You yeah. know, and you're not going to see him doing a whole bunch of dancing or anything like that. He would do some of those cutback type runs sometimes and. Uh, in college but even a lot of then a lot of times then it was like he would get he would put his foot in the ground make one cut uh and then from there you yeah. know it's kind of he's like a bowling ball rolling downhill mm-hmm. and you know there's a I think there's a, a good group of backs that are like that Jonathan Taylor's kind of like that you know yeah. where he's not gonna be that guy that's like running back and forth across the field Barry Sanders style like David's more like a he's like Barry Sanders without the four three speed yeah exactly and another thing that stood out about Brees, too, was he had some real nice pass blocks as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was cutting those guys, like just flipping them, flipping them straight on their head. No, I mean, it was, a, it was an awesome performance. And, uh, I mean, it was good to see him finally finally kind of break out, you know, mm-hmm. and get some good film on, uh, get some good film. And I think that, you know, it, it, I think you're really starting to see where they know who they want to be that guy. Uh, mm-hmm. And they needed him to come out and kind of show you yep. know, that he could be that guy. Agreed. And kind of in that vein, too, it was the opposite for the wide receivers. You know, we'd kind of seen Deshante Jones be the guy for the majority of the season. And then against West Virginia, they had to spread the ball around a little bit. Right. See, and I think that that's what makes that receiving group so tough is just that on any given Saturday, it could be, you know, it could be Deshante, it could be Tariq, it could be Michael Petway, it could be any of those receivers or, or any of those tight ends. Like, they don't need to have any particular go-to guy any guy can come out and have you know six seven eight receptions mm-hmm. and it's not like it was in you know you think back to like 2017 you knew that in every game Alan Lazard was going to get 10 receptions probably eight, yeah <laughs> seven eight nine receptions yeah you know sometimes you get up into 10 I, I think Deshante was the first guy with multiple 10 catch games since like the 90s so mm-hmm. it, Alan didn't have like multiple 10 catch games in a season but uh, and then last year, you always knew Hakeem was going to get six, seven, eight, and they're going to get 10 plus targets yep. every time, you know? Uh, and there was, there would obviously be some of those other guys sprinkled in. You think back to that year with Allen, obviously you had Hakeem, you had Margie, you had Trevor Ryan, uh, you had uh, Matt Eaton, 
last year you obviously had Deshante and Matt Eaton and Tariq and the tight ends and all this different stuff. But you still knew who, at the end of the day, it was all about, you know, five or 18. Yep. And now it's like, okay, you take away eight. Well, now seven's going to step up. Mm-hmm. Okay, you take away seven. Well, now one's going to step up. You take away one. Okay, well, now you throw the ball to 88. And it's just like the – it. That's what I think makes this offense so much more dangerous. That's why they're able to put up so much better numbers than they were before. You're not so reliant on that one guy getting open on every play. Precisely. And that combined with the emergence of a run game is yeah. really what's made Iowa State's offense so such a breakout this year. Well, and let's hope that they can maintain that ability to run the ball because it has only been one game. It has. Um, and I would say that West Virginia probably isn't the best defense in the Big 12 by any measure. What have you thought of this guy that's uh, out there still mad about uh, – about the game. Have you seen this? What? Go on. How Matt Campbell uh, it was class, oh. classless for piling on an injured team. The dude of West Virginia? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen uh, this guy's Twitter account's been around for a while, so this isn't my first time I've seen it. Um, His idea for what he wanted Iowa State to do in the in the fourth quarter of the game sounds like one of the most remarkable <laughs> things I've ever heard in my life. Have you, have you seen this? Uh, he basically wanted them to like kneel it out at one point, didn't he? Uh, no, he said that for the entire fourth quarter, Iowa State should have lined up in the I formation and handed the ball to the fullback and ran straight through the A-gap for the entire quarter. See, that makes me want, like, I, I haven't seen that. But. Well, let me give you this visual, visualization. <laughs> I want them to line up in the power T, okay? Okay. So eight offensive linemen. Your bet, best eight offensive linemen with Brock, Brees, who, man, you could put anybody back there. Put another offensive lineman, I don't care. Get nine offensive linemen on the field. Dylan Sainer in a three-point stance at six foot eight. Run him straight through the A-gap over and over and over again. That sounds like some Bill Snyder ball right there. That sounds like, I don't know, because I don't think Bill Snyder would have ever been handing the ball to his six foot eight fullback to run to run him through the, run him through the a gap. Man, but that's what I was when he said that. I was like, man, I, I just really don't think that that would go the way that you're really thinking. It I would. mean, uh, some some degree of that I think is probably him releasing some uh, frustration. Well, it's just the stupidest idea, like the yeah. stupidest thing I'd ever heard. But it was funny because I was. I was talking to my dad about that on uh, Saturday, and, and he was like, "Man, they really like would have been wouldn't have had a fun time playing those Nebraska teams in the '90s." Well, conveniently, they did, and that's that's the funny thing. I remembered that they had played them in the '90s, and they played them in the '94 season opener. Uh, it was 31 to zero. <laughs> Nebraska had 370 yards rushing on like 30 attempts. Uh, West Virginia had eight on 38 attempts. <laughs> And I was like, I looked at those numbers and I, it, like Nebraska completed like eight passes or something like that and had like 500 yards of total offense. Wow. And I was like, I was like, man, Talk this about guy's got to be young. There's no way he can remember that because he really would have been upset if they, st- if they were still running the fullback trap, you know, yeah. or whatever, like their inside zone plays uh, with, you know, up 31 points. Yeah. The, man, other, dude. the other funny thing is that three years ago, hasn't even been three years. Uh, since they came to Ames and won uh, 49-19. And Skylar Howard threw two touchdowns in the fourth quarter after they were up 39 or 35-14. Oh, that's so right. The score, or 35-19. The score was basically already the same. And then they came in and threw two more touchdowns in the fourth quarter just to really Lay know, it on. dig it in. Yeah. And I was sitting there just thinking like, man, Iowa State was like, what were they? Three and eight at that point. Yeah. And it was like, and now you guys want to sit here? When you guys, when they were what three and two or four and two or whatever, four and one, 
And no, I th- yeah, I think they're three. Still and have th- stuff to play for. Yeah, it's like you guys. It's like okay, you've got a quarterback hurt. You've got some. You're playing some true freshmen. Most teams that are <laughs> rebuilding, going through a coaching change, are doing those things. I don't see them complaining about the fact that people are are. I just didn't even run up the score on them. That's what was so ridiculous to me. The problem is their fan base has gotten used to some pretty good teams in the last few years. I think they're not used to being on the bad end of a beatdown like Iowa State is. Like usually, I can try and at least understand the logic behind a crazy fan. I can, or at least I can put myself in their shoes and try to do the mental gymnastics that it takes to get some of those ideas. Yeah. This is one of those ones where I sit there and I'm like, man, I don't know like what you can possibly be thinking. And I, and then even then, I don't know how you like arrive at this point for you to think like Matt Campbell's classless and he's running the score up on us and all this different kind of that stuff. That guy probably would have been swallowed into the void had he been around for when Bob Stoops and Art Bryles were running up the score on those Iowa State teams in the early Early 2000s. We'll see how it feels. Or as, early 2010s. See how it feels this weekend once uh, Oklahoma's second and third string are both better than West Virginia's and they score 60 on him. Yeah. He'll probably be really upset then. Is that game in Morgantown or Norman? I would imagine it's in Norman. Okay. And yeah, that, that, that might get ugly. Yeah. All right. We'll talk about Iowa State's game against Texas Tech after a quick break on Stains and Fits presented by the Professional NBA Program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Welcome back to Stands and Fits on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. All right, time to go down to Lubbock, Texas, mm-hmm. the land of tortillas. It is. And uh, uh, break down a football game. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I don't know what else is in Lubbock. I was trying to think the land of tortillas and dust, D- desolate. And yeah, I was, <laughs> was going to say the land of tortillas and, and nothing. I don't yeah. know. Um. You know, Iowa State's had a lot of success against Texas Tech in the last few years. Yeah. Even when Texas Tech has had some prolific offenses. Obviously, their defense has never been that great. Um, I think... Whatever happened to that quarterback that they had a couple years ago? Uh, never, I haven't heard anything about him. Yeah, I've never heard uh, anything about him again. Patricia, something like that. Anyways, um, I do think that they are... Uh, I, I wouldn't say that they're too much offensive or defensive oriented this year i think they're kind of more balanced than we've seen them i will give them they're better than i thought they would be yeah because obviously they almost knocked off baylor last weekend yeah it's a big rivalry game yeah Uh, that's kind of a weird rivalry wouldn't you say well i mean it's a that's like a historical one is it you know southwestern conference and stuff they've been playing each other for a long time any all those texas schools um each other Alan Bowman isn't expected to be back yet, is he? No, but they'll have that Jet Duffy. I know he played a little bit last year. Yeah, and he's played well the last couple of weeks, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like they probably do, a, like this new staff with, with Matt Wells, probably does a much better job of adjusting to having a quarterback that can't throw the ball than mm-hmm. what Cliff did. You know, before it was like, oh, they got to put this scrambler guy in there. Yeah, good luck, guys. <laughs> yeah, that like goes Cliff, against- Cliff's going to keep running yeah. his same offense and not adjust it at all. Yeah. Which... Uh, I mean, I guess it's kind of worked out for Cliff in the end because now he has a he's, he's that dude fell up yeah so easily. Well, I mean, they haven't even been that bad. No, the Cardinals but, have. Like, uh, Kyler's been pretty good. Yeah, he looked he looked well last week because I and I know that because I had to play him in fantasy, so he uh, put up a lot of points against my team. I still yeah. won though. That's good. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. We've officially heard more about your fantasy. Team Thank than, you than anybody else wanted to hear. Uh, but no, I mean, I think that. They will probably they probably do a better job of adjusting to their personnel. The other thing is that, yeah, 
I think they've gotten a little bit better. They maybe run to the ball harder than they did before, but I think the defense still pretty much kind of stinks. Um, beyond Baylor, they played Oklahoma to start the season or start the conference season, correct? Yeah, but I don't know that Oklahoma is a very good gauge. Yeah, uh, because they had a hard time tackling Ceedee Lamb, and then we saw on Saturday. It, it, it Everyone started, has a hard time. I was going to say, it's starting to look like everybody's going to have a hard time tackling CeeDee Lamb. Dude, some of those highlights that he had against Texas, it looked like Texas was purposely trying to miss tackles. It was that bad. Yeah. that one. There was the one where they had three guys, like, had him bottled up on the sideline. It was like five guys. Yeah. And then I think one of them hit him. Another one kind of tried to push him. And then the other guy, like, never even made it over there to really do anything. He was just, like, it was, like, the one guy missed, the other guy pushed him, and then he was, like, oh, crap. Oh, oh crap, I yeah. have to try now. Yeah, and then he's, like, oh, he's, he's gone. Yeah. Whatever. That makes, you know, and that's, that brings up another point. It makes me more optimistic about that Texas game. Like, their secondary is bad. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't know. I mean, Jalen Hurts still didn't have the best game in that one. Uh, that's that's true, but I think they kind of CD kind of bailed him out. But I mean, yeah. th- that was one of those games where when you, if I sat there watched it, I never once felt like Texas really had a chance to win. Even when they got within one score, I was like, "There's no way they're going to win this yeah. game." Yeah, like in in past years in that in that game, it had looked like Texas um, was on par physically with Oklahoma. But in that game, to me, it looked like Oklahoma had the physical um, advantage. Like well, they, were, they were doing having their way with Texas for a lot of that game. Yeah, and that's what Jeff and I talked about is just with that defense, that Oklahoma defense, they really fly around. They're mm-hmm. a lot more physical than they ever were before. Uh, but I feel like if they face some adversity, they're still probably prone to giving up some points. Texas never put them in any sort of position mm-hmm. of facing adversity. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did such a bad job of being able to pick up blitzes and stuff like that. Kenneth Murray just wreaked havoc. Yeah. Which is why he was like the national defensive player of the week. But uh, that dude's good. He's real good. Mm. He's really fast. Uh, anyways. But yeah. Anyways, I, I just, I don't know that Oklahoma is the best gauge of what uh, Texas Tech, what Texas Tech can do. Yeah. But I do think that if you can look at that Baylor game a little bit and feel, I mean, they should have beat Baylor. You know, yeah. Charlie Brewer, it took Charlie Brewer taking them like on a 97 yard drive to go down and tie the game. Uh to get it to overtime and then there were some pretty questionable calls su- yeah suspect calls that went into them being able to win the game in double overtime uh i don't know i think baylor is like a uh, i don't think they're as good as the record it's like fool's cold. right now yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they they've uh benefited from a couple uh, obviously the iowa state game was very close the texas tech win was close let's think about what their non-conference schedule was <laughs> like too baylor's non-conference is always patsy's so well, who'd they play like Texas San Antonio and like, uh, Stephen F. Austin, who's I think might be one of the worst teams in FCS. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's like that. That's what is annoying to me where everybody. OK, now Baylor's like a top 15, top 20 team or whatever. And like uh, I know I saw somebody had them go into the Sugar Bowl in there, uh, and which probably just has something to do with the standings. But yeah, to, when I saw that, I was like, man, if Iowa State had played that schedule outs and then. It would have been a two-point game in that one. They're five and one on yeah. that schedule. Uh, like it'd be the same thing, but instead Iowa State's four and two with a loss yeah. to Iowa by one point. And that, <laughs> so that's what I just don't understand about that. It's like, yeah, I think Baylor is definitely better than they have been. Yeah, you know? and, and I will I will say that I think they are a top twenty-five team. Yeah, I just they're, don't. They're think, a good team. I just don't think that they're um, undefeated good, and that's just a product of their schedule. And I think that they're going to get to a point in the second half of the. 
uh, of the regular season here where they're going to get, it's going to get shown like they're not, yeah. you know, they're not like back to where they were at before. Mm-hmm. You know, they still got to play Oklahoma, still got to play Texas, uh, still got to play Oklahoma State. Yeah. You know, like they've, they've got some games that they still have to, to play on that schedule. But uh, so I don't know. I mean, I think that going into tech worries me a little bit, but I, I just I feel confident still that the Cyclones can go and win this one. Agreed. There's nothing really that intimidating that I've seen about tech that makes me think, oh, Iowa State can't handle that. Right. I think Iowa State's gone up against better offenses this year already than tech has. And I think Iowa State's gone up against better defenses, too. Yeah, that's. I just think that they have not seen an offense like what. Okay, they have seen an offense like what a combination besides, of an offense and a yeah, defense. I should and take that. Take that back. Besides Oklahoma, obviously Oklahoma is very right. Good. Yeah, that's the only one that I would really uh, that I would really throw into that category. All right, last thing, and then we got to go. Uh, underrated underdogs. You can give yours first. All right, mine is. What happened to yours last week? Uh, some team from the Big Ten who you may know of got blown out on the road at Minnesota. Um, so I did not win. My pick this week is Arizona to go on the road at USC. Uh, they are picked to lose by 10 points, but they are going to win that game. 10 points? 10 points. I'm oh feeling my. confident. On the road? On the road. I think USC is overrated. <sighs> overrated? Aren't they like four and two or something? They're yeah, not, like, they're, they're not even ranked, are I they? I mean, they're, the only reason that they, that they are picked to win this by this much is because they're USC is what's what I'm Arizona, What's Arizona's record? Four and two. Who, who have they beat? Some really not good teams, but still. <laughs> Just roll with me here, Jared. Come on. That was a bad pick. There's pick, some I way pick, better picks out there. Well, I picked Nebraska last week, so that was probably an even worse pick in hindsight. Uh, <laughs> no, I think I would probably disagree with you. Like, at least on surface level. When, like, when we're picking them, I, I would disagree with you. Uh, all right, I'm going. My, my team also lost last week. Virginia lost to Miami on the road on Friday night. Uh, this week... I'm rolling with the orange at home. Uh, three and a half point dogs to Pittsburgh, the Syracuse orange. We kind of discussed this uh, Syracuse team has had bad offense recently. So. Yeah, but I maybe I should just stop like messing around in the ACC. I feel like that's probably where my problem yeah. lies. The other games that I liked were Mac games, and I figured <laughs> that those probably wouldn't be very good options either. Uh, something, something crazy always happens in the Mac yeah, well, if they would have been like a Mac, like Wednesday night game, if it would have been for tonight, I definitely would have picked it. But mm. the Maction doesn't start until November, I think. I gotcha. So that's just a major disappointment. But all right, thanks everybody for listening. Reminder, a couple of last reminders. Uh, Thursday night at the district venue at Whiskey, or like connected to Whiskey River in Ankeny, 7 o'clock, the annual Cyclone Fanatic tip-off party. We hope to see you guys out there. Come hang out with our special guests, get some photos and all that kind of stuff. It should be a really fun time. Saturday. Uh, the game watch at Fire Trucker in Ankeny. We'll have a food truck out there, uh, all kinds of good beer. There will be a tent over the patio outside, so there will be plenty of space for everybody to come and hang out and watch the game. Raffles at the end of each quarter, um, or the beginning of each quarter, I guess would probably be the better way to put it. And then, uh, yeah, should be a pretty fun time. That's Fire Trucker on Saturday. What time? What time is kick? Is it 11? It's 11 a.m. Yeah, okay, so and we'll that- see you guys out there around 11 a.m. on Saturday. I was going to say that my, my pick from last week in the, uh, Oh yeah. Did you see my, I, my note that I put in there? I did your editor's note. Yeah. I, I, for some reason, I think I had mixed up the Texas tech, uh, kickoff time with West Virginia's. So that's why I put my 11 AM note. Yeah. When I read it, I was like, 
I'm thinking uh, I'll just recycle that exact same wording for this week. I was like, I'll just, I'll just let him roll with it. I was like, I'll just leave it here for him. He, he was clearly on some sort of path. I don't know what he's doing. All right. Thanks to the Ivy College Business or the Professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business, Iowa State. Thanks to Carl Chevrolet. We will talk to you guys again soon. Beat the Red Raiders. Peace.